This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The share it with a friend deal. Even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and co-hosting with me today is Giannis Janais. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 3-1 loss to West Ham United Friday night. We have a lot to discuss in this very disappointing loss for Fulham. Before I do anything else, I have to welcome my friend up in Canada, Mr. Janais. How are you doing? I'm probably as miserable as you, but, uh, you know, it's the, the day after. It's the night or the morning after the really terrible date. You know, um, yep. that was yeah, that was pr- pretty pretty dim, um, and um, you know, if if uh, if we didn't know it before, we now know we're sort of we was we're we're pretty doomed right now. That was a very disappointing loss. Very disappointing loss. It was, Yanis. Uh, you sound very down, and I understand why because uh, it's been less than a day, and uh, I'm still feeling how badly that loss feels to me. So obviously you're feeling it as well. And what really has come to me in these hours since the match and just thinking about it, and I want to put this in simplest terms just because people have asked me, what what are your thoughts on this match? And I said, well, I've come to the conclusion, and I've come to this conclusion probably a, a little bit ago, not just after this match. Fulham are a very bad team right now a very bad team and the reasons why i know that is one they can't keep a lead that's usually a sign of a team that's not that good two they cannot deal with pressure when when teams put them under pressure they can't handle it that's another reason why they're not a good team and 
three, when they are able to be on the front foot, they can't take advantage of it for spells that are long enough. So when they have an opportunity to do some damage, they just can't do enough of it. So I put all those factors together, and I just come to the conclusion, Giannis, this is a very bad team. Yeah, we're not we're not good enough. Um, you know, I said to you before the show, Robert Snodgrass, who was playing for West Ham, played in that, that Wembley final in May, and he must look across the field and say, "Is this the same? Is this the same team that got promoted? This is the club that beat us when I was at Villa." And um, we had two weeks off to get ready for this, and I was looking forward to this game because you know, because you know, London Stadium, it should be. A lot of fun. We'll see if he's going to make any changes. See if the new players can play. But there was, um, we scored the, the early goal, which was great. But yep. then there was that general, I mean, you know, the equaliser was obviously a disaster. But um, it was that general malaise of, well, we're not, we're not going to come back into this game. And, and Claudio Ranieri's coming, you know, for a lot of stick and, and you know, I I certainly wouldn't be averse to changing the manager now, um, but I do think that you again we've got to look at the cards because we knew in May we were going to get promoted. He made um, acquisitions far too late. When he did, um, he made the wrong he clearly the wrong ones in, in areas uh, and areas where we had deficiencies. He didn't sign the right players, and then really as a last chance to save ourselves in the division. You know, he's picked up players. Babbold's done okay. But Nordweid has just come back from injury. Markovic has just come back from injury. Yep. And we looked a sorry mess. We looked a, a sorry mess. And um, we just were so ill-equipped to be in this division. Yep. Um, and West Ham aren't a bad side. I'll give They're them credit. professional side, Giannis. That's They're what professional you, side. Max and I but were we, talking about last night. They know how to win in this division. Fulham don't. Simple. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. They just no. They're, 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 it looks like we're there to make up the numbers, um, and it's 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 pretty disappointing. So, but I mean, we've got a game down at Southampton uh, Wednesday. We we've beaten them already this year. Hallelujah. Um, could we get a result down there? Well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't, yeah, we'll see. Um, but um, it was a dis- as a disappointing loss last night, and. Um, Ranieri's going to have to just, you know, roll up the sleeves. If he's still the manager, we don't know what's going to happen over the weekend. I mean, it's, it's eight points adrift now, Russ. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, the writing's on the wall. Um, so the Khans, you, you put us in this mess. Try and get us out of it. Okay, very good there, Yanis. I want to go right back to you because here I am talking about a bad side. And uh, I want to talk about setbacks. Why can't Fulham handle a setback and I'm going to go to this last match and we're going to talk about VAR because I want to talk about it but the bigger picture is the match is 1-1 why can they not deal with adversity it happens over and over again this to me is a sign of a bad team that cannot overcome a situation like this the team, the, you might we might have players that have resilience, but collectively we have little. And and to me, that has to start with the manager. When okay. he says the right things in the media about believing in his players, but he can't he can't cross the white lines. And um, 
we were a team that were, that lacks resilience last year in the championship we had a lot of resilience but then we were in a division with some gritty players but in a division that's far different to this one uh, in minutes um you know going to switch turns a little different <laughs> so you know and we just we 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 just don't have that inner resilience and that reserve and we don't have as a, a team on the field that that belief um that inner belief that we can you know that we can handle adversity and um yes. you need a few players out there that can really take charge in, in terms of what's going on and unfortunately we've seen it so many times this year a goal goes in and uh, players are looking at each other and then going what what was that about and, right and um, that should be the time where you should be rallying together as a team instead they're going in the other direction yeah and and you know what Ross, losing losing well last year we found out on that 23 game streak winning becomes a habit that is same thing. very very difficult same thing same thing, you know, um, the first goal we conceded today, Sergio Rico, I guess the Rico comes flapping across. Um, well, it starts with him, Giannis. Yeah, it starts with him. To be honest, on, on the goal. Yeah. And, you know, if your keeper's not confident, and you know, you've got a brand new centre back in there. Um, you've got Tim Ream, who's had an awful season, although he, he started late. Brian has been inconsistent. Adoy has been inconsistent, although he works hard. He gives it everything he's got, but he's just not a quality. He's not the quality of a Premier He's just not. So you look at a back four that's just questionable, and right there you can have a laugh. And when they can throw players you know, like um, Chicharito and Anderson there and, and players like Anatovic off the bench, and they've got quality that can come at you and burn, then, you know, you sort of... The script is written before the whistle is blown. And um, unfortunately, this was another one of those games. Yeah. Well, we're going to go through it in just a second, Yanis. I mentioned to you off air before we began because I've been thinking about this and I actually had uh, someone contact me to ask me about this particular former manager. And yeah. so I'm going to bring this up to you. Would Fulham be better off if they stuck with Savisa Jokanovic right now? I know it's hindsight, but I have to bring it up now thinking of the way that they're playing because they do not look like a team that's in unison. I don't see the identity. Fulham at least had an identity under Savisa. Was he pig-headed and wasn't willing to change his ways in the Premier League? Yes. But I can say that he did have this identity, this possession-based style. And I think thought I started to see a change against Liverpool. So that's kind of where I'm going on that. Yeah. But I'm just going to ask you a question. Do you think, just your opinion, are they any better off with Ranieri than with Savisa? No, I don't think they are. But to be fair, both managers, you know, what do you do with both these teams? I mean, with Slava, he didn't have the horses to play the style he wanted to play. Right. The the horses came in late, you know, um, and Seri had a terrible start. Uh, Anguisa are arguably worse. Uh, Le Marchand was okay. Christie struggled at times. And 
you looked at this and, and then of course you know you started with fabry then you know then you went to bats then you went to rico the left back thing really wasn't sorted out um chambers was awful to start ream had concussion to start the season and um you know slava didn't have the horses I, and i don't think um i don't think we're any better off but i think I don't, to be fair to Ranieri, I don't think this is his team either. I don't no, it's not. Be, I mean, this isn't his sort of team. Um, by any means, um, it's it looks like a rag bag mob of players you might have picked up from a from a pub. You know, they've all got most of them have international quality or international. There's a lot of talent out there. That's the part that's yes. making me crazy. But they don't collectively. They just, it's, you know, it's a square peg in a round hole. And um, <laughs> I said that on a prior show, my friend. Yeah, it just doesn't Absolutely. seem, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. So I don't think, um, you know, we can, we can blame Ranieri for certain things. Absolutely. He's not immune to it for sure. But there are very few managers out there right now that could make some sense of this smorgasbord of players you've got. I mean, I said Big Sam three weeks ago, if only because he might be able to he might be able to get more organized enough to keep us in games. I don't know, Giannis. Honestly, I don't well, even know if he could do it. Well, it'd be, it'd be it'd be tough, but that tells you everything you need to know. And 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 the arrows, you know, if you go, if you approach a roundabout, and there are four exits, all the arrows point to Tony Khan. I had a feeling you were going there, and I understand why you're going there because yeah, I mean, you have it's, to it's... look at the players that are brought in. There, there's a piece everywhere. Everyone has a a part of, of the blame pie that I like to talk about. But yeah. in the end, when you really look at it, it does start with the recruitment. Under his watch, the team that he built, it starts all the way back then because you have to ask yourself, did they have the right players? This isn't about their intent or their ambition, because I think that their intent and ambition was very good. I just don't think they got the right players, Giannis, and I think it's fair to say that. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. The the, um, the transfer policy was a mess. Um, they went primarily for players outside the Premier League at the time. You know, and really you need to look at what's in the Premier League or maybe what has been in the Premier League. And what wins in the Premier League. And what wins in the Premier League, and, and uh, Khan didn't do that. And, um, you know, he's been inconspicuously quiet in the last little while. Um, And you've got to admit, I mean, you you look at this team and you just go, oh, man, Kearney's playing out of position. Ryan's not playing up front. Um, But that's why, Giannis, I'm glad you brought that up. But that's why Ranieri is at fault, Savice is at fault, the players are at fault. But if we're going to blame all of these people here, we also have to blame Tony Khan because he built this team. Yeah, and it was, and, and with the, I mean, and that's the funny bit. Built, you know, built seventeen points all season. I know, Lordy Lord. I mean, it's it's it's, it's been it's been miserable, and um, I think it, this game was a good microcosm of the season. Absolutely. Bits were okay, and you know we we flattered to deceive, but then the end of the day it was well, will the you know will the true 
Fulham, please show up on on the basis of this team, never on the club, but this team. Sure. You know, I remember somebody said on Facebook a few weeks ago, and I loved it. They said, "Um, I will always love Fulham Football Club. I just hate this Fulham team." You know, and that's and that's and that's it. That's you know, we'll always love Fulham, but it's just yeah. the team. It's just it doesn't. It it's 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 dysfunctional. It's not. It's just not happening, and um, we've got a few days to get ready for the uh, the trip down to St Mary's, and um, we'll see how that goes. I, I, I'm not holding out much hope; anything will happen, but but you do never know. Um, but that um, even when we had the great escape eleven years ago, that team had an identity after you know you know based on. Um, Roy Hodgson and Ray Langton. Right. It was an identity, and this Absolutely. team doesn't have one. Yeah, and that's the difference, Giannis. I'm glad that you went to Roy because there's a part of me saying to myself, "Well, look at the Great Escape." But you nailed why I can't look at the Great Escape because that team had a true identity under Roy Hodgson. They were difficult to beat, and they would find ways to win, especially when they needed to win. I've not yeah. seen this from this side under Ranieri. And we can look at the players. We can look at the recruitment. We can look at Ranieri. We can look at everyone. But there's no identity. When I What I watched out there is 11 players playing for Fulham Football Club. Not Fulham Football Club as a team, just 11 players out there. Yeah. And when you have that going against a professional team like West Ham United, just like Crystal Palace, I mentioned this in full-time as well, they're going to find ways to win because they know how to win because they can play as a team. This team does not know what they're doing. And the lapses of concentration, especially on set pieces, proves it because a team would be ready to go on all of these set pieces, Giannis. They would be prepared. And every situation that led to a goal looked like a team that did not have enough preparation to know what to do in these situations. It's funny because I talk about this on Patriots fourth and two situational football, because that's what the New England Patriots play in the NFL American football. But you can apply that here. Giannis situational football in the premier league corners, knowing how to, to be able to defend them correctly. Everyone able to do their job, and they're not doing their jobs. And that's why a big part of the reason why they are a bad side, because it sounds simple, my friend, do your job. And I'm just saying they're not all doing their job, because if everyone does their job, then you can play together as a team. And it's just not working out that way. All right, my friend, yeah. let's get into it a little bit before we talk about the actual match. Let's go before the match. Starting 11 in the 18 overall, your thoughts? Um, okay, a couple of, couple of things uh, stood out. No Schurler, um, which is maybe a little bit of a laugh for some some fans out there. Uh, mind you, Floyd Aito was there. <laughs> I knew I you had there? to mention that. Well, of course, my, my, my main man, Floyd <laughs> Um Nordweit was going to make his debut, so I thought, okay, well, that's going to be interesting. So yep. Christie's out of the lineup. Fair enough. Maxime Le Marchand, who, I mean, he had a shocker last night. But oh, you know horrible. what? He's, yeah, but, but I think he's been actually okay this year. 
in spits and spots. But I looked at the looked at the lineup and I thought, okay, you know, you've got Bubble in there, Sess is back in, you've got Kenny back in, Mitro's back in. Is this our strongest lineup? Could be. Could be. Um so I thought, well, it's a, a decent lineup. And then I looked across at West Ham's and um sometimes you just have to look at the bench. You know, we'll forget Frederick for a second, but you got Carol and Anatovich and you got oh. Nazri and Obiang Lanzini. I mean, okay. So all, all maybe with the exception of possibly Carol, all of them would walk into our starting lineup. So yeah. right there, you're going, okay, well, this is going to be tough. It's an away game, but it's in London, even though we've lost our last eight London derbies. <laughs> Great. Um, but I thought it was an okay lineup and thought if we could get up to, off to a good start, you know, um, just roll our sleeves up, get a lucky break from somewhere. Maybe, just maybe, we'll get something out of it. Okay. Let me ask you this, because I liked the starting 11 and the 18 overall. I was fine with it. But my question was going to be when the team was going to play, how was it going to look? What was the formation going to be, Giannis? And, you know, that to me was a concern. How about you? Yeah, just because... uh... My my assumption was that Kearney, unfortunately, was going to have to play wide again. You know, would Sess play up front? You know, could he play as a winger with Mitro in the middle and bubble out wide on the right? So you could have you could technically have a four three. You could have a four three three, but then where does where does Seri go? Um, and that was the other thing that just sort of worried me. And I looked at you know online and it showed you know. Um, the four four one one. I thought. Well, right. I wonder, you know, Babel playing behind Mitro. Oh, I'm not so sure how that's going to work out. But again, they've had a couple of weeks on the change changing fields. <laughs> Might as well be in change rooms. But um, on the training field to, to sort of work it out. I thought, okay, well, let's give uh, Ranieri the benefit of the doubt. Um, let's see if uh, he's going to try something different against uh, West Ham and see if it works. But uh, unfortunately, it didn't seem to. It didn't, Giannis. And, uh, again, I keep going back to this. You've talked about it as well. And uh, I thought Tom Kearney showed uh, flashes of the player that he is. But I know that Tom Kearney is more of a central midfielder, and that's where he should be. And I was thinking to myself, well, the lineup could have been a 4-3-3, like you said, but that's not what it was. You mentioned 4-4-1-1. That's what the website says. Mike Gregg, one of our co-hosts, actually, who was there, said he thought it was more like a 4-4-2 with Babel and uh, Mitro together. So, you know, it's it, it's either one of the two, 4-4-2, and then right. I, I believe the change in the second half. but Or it was a 4-4-1-1, you know, one of the two. But I just was concerned about the roles of Tom Kearney and also Ryan Sessner. So that's kind mm. of where I was going on that. All right, very good there, my friend. Okay, coming up next, we're going to break down the match. Okay, Giannis, let's get into the first half. And let's start from the very beginning. And I was shocked by this because I all of a sudden I see Ryan Babble with an opportunity to score. What was going through your mind in the very first minute? Well, you know, he's hit and miss. So, you know, I thought, well, if he can stick one in the back of the net here, what a fantastic lineup this would be. Well, this is a start this would be. We could all have a good, good, good laugh. Of course, as is, um, as is always the way, um, 
you know, we're a minute in and, and, and uh, Sess has put one over. Uh, well, the, uh, no, the first one was actually was the 1v1 through and he should have finished it. And it's, yep. it's like, here we go. But then we got the goal. We scored within three minutes. We did. I thought this can't be happening. It's like <laughs> a, a politician speaking common sense. So rare. And um, Sess puts over the ball. Lovely, oh, lovely, lovely ball. Yeah. And then uh, Babel sticks it in. And now 3,000 fans, you could hear them. Delirious. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, you're thinking, okay, we got off to a start It was well-deserved. Honestly, yes, in the very beginning of this match. And you're thinking, oh, oh maybe, just maybe, just yeah. maybe we could get a result. But, well, wasn't the big, but it was a good start. It was a good start, Giannis. And uh, it's funny because I feel like you and I have watched this movie before. Good start. Maybe we score a goal. But can they keep the lead? Can they build on the lead? And none of that happened. 21st no. minute, you do actually have an opportunity from Tom Kearney. But... As um, the first half was going along, I just kept saying to myself, oh, I could see West Ham coming into the match, and I was just thinking they need to get that second goal, obviously, and they need to deal with the uh, pressure that was going to be coming to them. And that's all going to lead to what happened in the 29th minute. And again, after we talk about this, I I do want to mention VAR because VAR is something that I feel strongly about. If VAR was employed in this match, this goal doesn't count. Let's be honest, does not count. But I do want to mention this situation, Giannis, because the goal is scored by Chicharito. But for me, the blame starts with Sergio Rico. And I'm a big fan of Sergio Rico's. I am. But he does not do his job properly. And I think that all led to the goal. Your thoughts on the equalizer from West Ham in the 29th minute? Yeah, I mean, if, if I've got a criticism of Sergio Rico, is it's his uh, lack of confidence for, for catching the ball. And um, to me, that's a catchable ball. He's, 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 he's punched it out. And, you know, what what are you going to do as an attacking team? You're going to try and get it back in the box, and they've done that. Um, but, you know, you're right about the VAR. It, it's... Um, the thing, the thing about the VAR, the, the thing that could have happened is that Chicharito could have, the, the goal should have been disallowed, but he he could have got a red card because it was deliberate handball. It's not like it was, you know, inadvertent. And they went celebrating. I mean, our, our players went up straight away. And it's just a, such a nonsensical goal. And, yep. you know, to everybody that says, well, it slows the game down. You, you and know, I talked about it. Get the call right. Get if the that call went right. against yeah. Fulham, I would be saying the same thing. Yeah, yes, the, I would be. Yeah, make the right call. And um, it was it, it really was a, a kick in the balls. And um, it was unexpected. And at that point, I think it, it was curtains. You know, it, we folded Yes, quickly. we absolutely did, guys. Um, we folded. Totally there was no right justice. There. And we sulked. Yep. And that, to me, is the part going back to the beginning of the show when I talked about why Fulham are a very bad side, because here you yeah. have a setback. You're feeling sorry for yourself and good teams take the adversity and they try to do something about it and they try to combat it and try to get the next goal. I'm not saying Fulham didn't want to get the next goal, Giannis, but I think that they were so concerned about what happened. They let the other team run with the momentum and yeah. they were more likely to score. 
And, and that's exactly what happened. You know, again, I want to mention this because West Ham deserved the second goal because they were mounting the pressure. They had all these corners, and it led to the situation in the 40th minute, the second goal, that was uh, scored off of a corner, easy header from Diop. And this really drove me crazy, Giannis, because, again, this is preventable. I go back to doing your job. What were they doing on this corner, Giannis? Well, you you know as well as I do that you know Snodgrass is one of those players who you know, annoys you when he plays against you, but you can't you can't uh, question his quality of sticking a nice ball in a box. Um, I mean, he's a superb crossover ball. It was a brilliant header, but the marking was just 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 atrocious. And again, you were looking and everybody's looking at everybody else. And um, Ranieri has that look on the sidelines of. Oh, here we go again. As you've said, this script has been written before. And it's five minutes before half time, and you realize that uh, Renier has got a real job to do. Yep. Um, oh, but I was, I was thinking at that point, well, we go into half time. I hope, I hope he doesn't make any changes because uh, uh, let, let this lot sort it out. And then it's only one goal, and wait till, you know, last 25, 30 minutes and maybe look to ring in the changes. But um, he didn't do that. You know I mean, yeah. he, he bought, and, and this is where things, again, sort of, well, they do annoy me. He's bought Seri and Sessegnon off. Um, I'm not sure that Seri was an injury issue. I know Sessegnon wasn't. And then the post-match, he, he basically said, I, I really wasn't happy with what Sessegnon's doing. Again, he's got to consider his audience. I mean, if he turns around to Orion Babel, you know, who's 32 years of age, um, who's vastly experienced, obviously. Um, even then, I, I wouldn't be happy with it. But this is a 32-year-old that's been through many things, like most footballers have. But Sess is, a, you know, a kid. And, and so he's done it in a public forum again. And um, You know how I feel it, about this, Giannis? I just think yeah, it's, it's wrong. Yeah, I think Ranier, Ranier has, has got this all wrong. His, his approach is not... Um, it's not. Um, it's poor. It, 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 it's you can't. Uh, you can't lambast uh, players no. in public. If, if you're going to crazy, why does he yeah, continually do this? I don't know. If you want to throw hair dryers at them in the in, in the in the change room, please. That's do it. fine. I have no problem yeah. with you going yeah. after the team. Keep yeah. it private. I've said this on several shows, Giannis. And honestly, if he's going to be pointing fingers, you know what I would like to see? Claudio Ranieri point a finger at himself. Yeah, that that be that would um, that would uh, that would be nice. But then, if you you know what we said earlier about um, in ter- in terms of what Ranieri and Slav Slava could have done, you know, many fans would point to the fact that when Stuart Gray left the club, yep, and um, that was such a that's probably been the biggest misstep this season oh. because defensively we lost an identity, and uh, although having said that. You know, maybe Stuart Gray looked at this lot and went, "Bloody hell, I couldn't make anything. I couldn't make anything out of this lot. What am I doing with this lot?" We just because the quality of um, defenders in, you know, in the Premier League it, it speaks for itself. And there's a reason why Huddersfield and, I, and us are the two bottom teams because we have the worst defensive records. We're, we're poor. Yep. We're, and um, 
he, he was gone and, and and since then we've just looked at we've looked a mess but you know in terms of the timing you go in a half time and he's taken he's he's made these subs and I thought oh lord here we here we go you know Markovic comes off the bench Markovic I don't you know honestly I, if, if he bought Viet, I mean if he bought Vieto on I might have gone oh all right I'd have had a moan but he's but he has been subbed again and you know a penny for the thoughts assess we better get used to admiring what little time we're seeing with him because he's not going to be in a Fulham jersey next year I guarantee that and frankly well, if I, I was him I wouldn't totally bother I'd, I'd get the hell out of there Listen, uh, I'm glad that you already did this, Giannis. You uh, transitioned us to the second half to talk about the substitutions. And uh, what's interesting about this is that uh, you bring up your thoughts that you wouldn't have made the substitutions so early. No. And uh, I understand where you're going on that. But I do want to ask you about this, and I asked Max the same thing, because as the second half went on, and what I saw from Engisa. And also for Markovic, I know that he's not at the level where he should be, and I think fitness has a lot to do with that. But I thought that the play flowed better with the two of them in there. It just looked more smooth, especially with Nguisa. What What are your thoughts about what they added? I know about the situation with Markovic not being up to um, his level that he probably will be by the end of the season, but... Do you think that he added something and also on, on Ngisa? Well, firstly, if you look at Mar- Markovic, how long before he makes, he actually becomes, you know, um, match fit. We've got, you know, let, let's let's call it the way it is. We, we've got 11 games left and we have 17 points. You know, I mean, I don't, it, it's going to take a miracle. So unless he can get up to snuff, very quickly and really start to contribute. It's a problem. He's done it. He's done okay, but it wasn't enough. Okay. And Geese has been very, very hit and well, no, no, not very hit and miss. He's been he's been a waste of money. Let's <laughs> just be very you know, true. That's we, true. If you look at before this season, if you looked at markers of acquisitions that went wrong in the last ten odd years, there's two that would spring to mind. One would be Costas Mitroglou. But the thing with Costas was that he was injured when he came. Yep. And that's not his fault. And everything he's done before and since has suggested this guy's a goal scorer and a good player too. So, I, you know, and that's not, not his fault. But the other one was Steve Marley. Now, Steve Marley cost 11 million. Fair enough. But, you know, Steve Marley's not as m- much of a duff as potential signs. Seri's Seri's played okay, but clearly now there's no confidence in Seri because he gets benched. And Geese has already had injuries, but 30 million? 30 million? No, I know, Giannis, and and I understand, you know, like I said, I agree with you when it comes to deals that they made. That's one that obviously has not worked at all. But just in this match, because I thought I saw something from him, so I just want your thoughts on him against uh, West Ham. Well, yeah, in terms of looking at the long-term picture, I mean, I mean, how do we keep hold of a £30 million player in the championship? You know, it's, 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 he could be with us. I mean, yes, he did make a bit of a difference. But again, the difference wasn't enough. 
I mean, I know okay. they scored late and sort of, you know, flattered, flattered, sure. flattered West Ham. But it's 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 at, the, at this stage of the season, we, with the mess that we're in, the could have, should have, would have aren't going to count. It's going to be the points. We still have seventeen points. Oh, you're right about games. that, Giannis. You are totally so we, right. And again, I maybe this is me trying to put some kind of positivity on it. And I did that last night. I was looking for anything. And those are the two guys that stood out. And maybe you just put it all into perspective. It's not about looking better. It's about getting the points. And yeah, we've got to get the results. You are 100% right. So thank you for actually bringing me back to earth because I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> throw, throw much this positivity out there, even though it's hard to. I, I was just grasping onto anything, and that's what I grasped onto last night. So that's why I thought I'd bring it up to you. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about the second half. You do have the opportunity in the 58th minute from Ryan Babel. That was really the opportunity for Fulham. And then you have some, again, some good saves from Sergio Rico on, on uh, opportunities for Manonovic. Because if he doesn't make these saves, it's not 3-1. to one, It's going to be 5-1. to one. And then Antonio scores in the 90th minute to make it 3-1, to one, Giannis. What did you see here that put the match away? Well, by that time, it's by that time it was over, right? It was, um, you know, it put the icing on the cake for them. Yeah, and, it just finished um, it off. Fin- it finished it off, and um, again, the marking nowhere to be seen. And uh, we've not in the second half not really kicked on and not really, not really showed any intent to, to, to really any evidence we were going to be able to tie up. I and mean, if you look at the stats. No corners in ninety minutes. Nope. Um, we've had you know five shots on target. Yeah, um, eight shots versus their twenty. I think it was twenty-one. But again, no corners, and um, we've not really created. And uh, it is you know, the, the the results aren't lying. The results. We could talk about Chicharito thing. Yeah, it's a, you know it's a terrible call, and someone's got to see it in VAR, but. Does it mean that? Uh, does it mean that had he not scored, we'd have won the game? No, no. no. And I want to be clear about that because I mentioned this in the uh, full-time show, Giannis, and I'll mention it here again. I'm bringing up VAR because the fact that it's a factor in the match, but it does not mean that they were going to get anything from this match. West Ham deserved all three points. They were the much better team. They deserve it. But don't tell me that it wasn't a factor. That's all. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I agreed. It was. Um, I think it was, the writing was on the wall. They were, they'd um, they had a succession of corners in the first half, and they were they were they were putting a lot of pressure on, and um, it, it felt like it was just a matter of time before they were going to break us down, and and they did. It was just in the most you know, unlike again unlikely unlikely of ways. Rico really has to catch that ball. Um, you've got to close down the space of the box to prevent the hook back in. And and the marking, again, is invisible. It's a, a shambolic goal. We can all moan and groan about the VAR, yeah. Right. But we didn't we didn't defend that set piece well at all again. How many times has that happened? And uh, it comes a point when, you know, blaming the ref is great, but, right, but you have to take responsibility for your for what you can control, and we totally could agree, control yeah. the situation going up to that point, and we didn't. 
Absolutely, Hans. It really comes back to foam. You know, like I said, I, I can mention VAR, but it really is all about foam. That's why I mentioned before the situation with VAR, Sergio Rico, because Sergio Rico started the whole situation. And yep. you have to look at doing your job, everyone doing their job. That includes the goalkeeper. You all have to be doing their job, and you don't have a situation like you do with Chicharito if everyone's doing their job. That's yep. the way I look at it, my friend. One thing before we leave the match and we do look at the full-time stats, I want to get your thoughts on this because I was thinking about during the, this match, watching Dennis Adoy as the right back. Cyrus Christie, I not a big fan of right now, honestly. So you have Dennis Adoy. Okay. Who's on the other team, Giannis? I'm going to ask you the question. Do full miss Ryan Fredericks? Uh, to a point. Uh, to a point, but even he wasn't. But even he wasn't the greatest defender either. And again, I think it, when you're looking at that at any position, you've got to look as a collective unit. I mean, he might have improved the way the back four looked, but could he have? Would he have been able to prevent a lot of the goals? You know, situations. I'm not so sure. We've just we've struggled mightily there, but I think we've struggled even more in the middle. You know, we've yeah. we've just not been able to do things right. Nothing has gone right collectively. And then when you got players like Sherlock, they missed his pace, Giannis. I think that's where they miss him down the right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But then you have got players like Sherlock that won't track, wouldn't track back. You know, it's um, it's going to sound odd, but I say I tell teachers that you know, literacy literacy isn't an English thing. It's a it's an every subject thing. You you use it. To, you should promote it in every subject. And, uh, you know, whether it's physical literacy, mathematical literacy, same sort of thing as a, as a team. You know, defensive isn't the back four. It's the whole team. That's right. And you defend as a unit. You defend as a unit. And he might have made a bit of a difference, but we can't defend a lick. And now, and our our record speaks for itself. It's, it's, Absolutely. It's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's, it's collective bollocks. <laughs> when we've, when, you know, 17 points, you know, we're 15 points behind Leicester, who are in 12th. I know. It's and unbelievable, so, Yannis. It, so that it, game it, against uh, Southampton on Wednesday, and, and now for, for Southampton, this is an absolutely massive game. They could, they could p- potentially jump six spots if they, if they can beat us. I know. Um, but then, you know, if we were to do the unthinkable, and I used to say that again, unthinkable. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hope for great things. We don't have a good record down at, at St. Mary's. Or we, we never did at St. Mary's or the Dell. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a tough game. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. Quickly, let's look at the stats. Possession 55% to 45% in favor of West Ham. You've already mentioned total shots, 21-8 in favor of West Ham. On target, though, 7-5 in favor of West Ham. So Fulham did have at least five shots on target. Corners were 12 and none for Fulham. And unfortunately, as we're talking, Giannis, my screen has frozen, so I can't give you any more stats. But just out of the stats I gave you, Mm. what stands out? And if you have anything else you want to add, please feel free to. I still think the thing, we got no corners. I, yeah. I, is, is yeah, I think is very telling, and um, you know we've not created many chances. 
only five shots on target, and we've scored one goal. And the problem is, scoring one goal isn't enough for us. Scoring two isn't enough for us. We, we, we just, it's, it's so gruesome. It is, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And, and unfortunately, uh, there is a good reason why we are the only team in the Premier League that hasn't won away from home this year. Um, yeah. We're just not good enough. And um, are we going to get an away win this year? Well, I wouldn't put money on it. I wouldn't either. No. Um, I, I'd like to be positive about this, but I just uh, it's very hard for me to be positive about the Southampton match. I think they're beatable. I definitely think they're beatable. Fulham have already beaten them. I think that yeah. Fulham can do it. I just they, don't know if they yeah. I just don't know if they will. I mean I, I know they have the ability to because I think that Fulham actually had the ability to get something out of the match last night. I thought they had the ability to get something out of the Crystal Palace match. So I keep saying this. I so see, now, I think, yeah, now let's I put think up or shut up because this is a team that they can beat. I just don't know if they will be. Yeah, I, I'd, um, yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned the Palace game because I thought, to me, that was the backbreaker. I um, totally agree, Giannis. Yeah, that was... Uh... And I see a lot of parallels between West Ham and Crystal Palace. And I said this on full-time because if you look at the matches, take out of the, the goal from Fulham, you look how the matches really turned out and you can see two teams that were professional, were able to take advantage of Fulham mistakes and score goals when they needed to and were in complete control. West Ham and Crystal Palace were both in control and just did what they had to do to get all three points. They know yeah. how to win in the Premier League. Fulham certainly know how to do something, and that's losing the league. And that's yeah, that, that's very where bad. they're brilliant. That's where we are absolutely. They're great brilliant. at losing. Oh, just fantastic. not good at winning. We're the we're the we are the Barcelona of losing. <laughs> that's oh, that's pretty pathetic, there, my friend. All right, <laughs> let's finish up by talking about Mr. Ranieri. Can you give him a rating? Um, three. Um, I thought the lineup was I thought the lineup was okay. I didn't agree with the subs. He's he's made two subs and he's not brought anyone else on in the second half. Don't know what happened there. I'm delighted he picked Sess and Kenny, but Kenny was out of position again. Yep. Appalled at the fact that he pulled Sess and then criticised him in public. But the players don't look like they know what they're doing because they're just not. You know, they might be very good players on other squads in the right systems, but they're just collectively here they look like a three it's a three day old dog turd some cat food and cream that's been sitting in a fridge for six months and stuck in a in a blender it's probably it smells awful it probably tastes worse and unfortunately that's why we're we're 19th in the table yes Giannis and uh I was just thinking about this just as you were talking, and uh, you were talking about talent. And uh, I'm going to bring up a team many fans won't know this because most don't probably watch the NFL. But I think you're going to understand this analogy. And it's this. I don't know if you remember the Philadelphia Eagles several years ago when they had the opportunity and they brought in all these free agents. And it looks like they were building a super team. Yeah. And what they were doing – is acquiring talent. They were acquiring high-end talent. 
But what they weren't doing was building a team. There's a difference. You can get all the talent in the world, but if they are not able to fit into a team concept, it isn't going to work. And I think Tony Khan and Fulham Football Club acquired some serious talent that on paper looked like could put together a really good team. The pieces have not fit together for whatever reason, and it's not a team. It's just talent, Giannis. That's it. That's I couldn't put it any. Um, I couldn't put it any uh, better myself. It's uh, a lot. A lot of talent, but just we're just not. We're not collectively. We're not good enough, and that's right. And that's why, in all probability, we're not going to stay up. Right. You know, and if you think about it as like a car, you have all these parts in a car. You might have some good parts, but if yes. the parts don't work together, the car doesn't work. And that's what that's you right. have with Foam Football Club. Great yep. show there, my friend. Uh, unfortunately, it's not Thank the you, type Mason. of show I want to be doing with you. I, I want to be doing a positive show. I wish we could go back a year when we were on this streak and, uh, you know, what was going on with Foam Football Club. But this is so far removed from it, Giannis. But I'm glad I could still do this show with you. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. For my co-host, Giannis Janais, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.